Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Thanks for tuning in. If you need more information, just go to jentaylor.net, where I have everything at your disposal from what it's like to live as a mom to 13 kids to my podcast, public speaking, coaching, or purchasing my book. All in one place, jentaylor.net, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Today, I'm very happy to be talking about a subject that's difficult to talk about, actually two subjects, body image and eating disorders. I'm going to start out by giving some statistics. There are three main eating disorders. The first is anorexia, which is described as an obsessive desire to lose weight with a refusal to eat. Anorexia affects up to 4% of women, and it is the number one cause of death by mental illness, which is shocking. The second um, eating disorder is bulimia. It's described as a distortion of your body, an obsessive desire to lose. This is an overeating and vomiting. Uh, the binge and purge is bulimia. Only 6% of people with bulimia get treatment. The most common eating disorder is actually binging. I didn't realize exactly that binge eating was a disorder specifically. It is the number one. However, 43% of individuals suffering from binge eating disorder do obtain treatment. So it's the, it's the number one that people go and get help for. Binge eating disorder is described as a loss of control with eating. You eat large quantities very quickly, usually with some amount of physical discomfort, with a feeling of shame, distress, guilt. It does sometimes mean that you purge, but often not. It's more just an uncontrollable urge to eat to discomfort and then feeling horrible about it. Four out of 10 individuals are exposed to eating disorders. That doesn't mean that you have one. It means that someone very close to you is experiencing it if you aren't. Eating disorders affect 10 million women and 1 million men. So that's a huge ratio difference. The next thing that I want to discuss a little bit is obesity. I hate to say this in the same sentence, but the United States leads obesity, and this is the funny, not so funny statement, we're the fastest growing, literally and figuratively, in statistics and physically. It affects more than 50% of adults and one in six children. On top of that, the percentage of airbrushed pictures in fashion magazines is 100%. So on top of having one of the highest uh, obesity rates in the world and having that a literally growing concern year by year, we're also in front of photos constantly in the press, in fashion magazines, of being this particular body type that is absolutely 100% photoshopped and 100% not possible to obtain. So very contradicting 
I saw a video recently by a group of four men. It's called, they're called the Try Guys. Try is T-R-Y. They try different things out, literally. They'll, they're hilarious, but they did one specifically on Photoshopping recently where they mimicked four very famous Photoshopped pictures. They did the entire, all the makeup, the photo shoot, and then the airbrushing and their experience when they saw themselves in the before and after for the airbrushed. And just the absolute, just horrifying body image that they felt about themselves in those um, photos. So check that one out. Today I'm here with a really good friend of mine, Lisa Lynch. Lisa, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome. So Lisa and I run together. We met probably seven or eight years ago on a running team, which was, you know, the, the friends that I'm the closest with now are from that team, even though the team isn't in existence anymore. So Lisa and I run together still, and we have great, you have amazing solve the world's problems conversations when you run, and we've solved pretty much everything. Uh, Lisa and I together can battle any problem. All we need to do is go for a five-mile run. <laughs> So, Lisa, we're going to talk about your life. You were born in 64 in New York. We're both New Englanders, uh, youngest of five kids. And tell me about, you told me about a picture, but tell me your story of how your body image issues started. What was the beginning? Oh, okay. So the beginning, I think, um, I mean, besides that picture, I was teeny tiny, like three or four. So I don't remember that. But I do remember right around uh, like high school. And I just noticed one day that my sister uh, was like sitting across from me at, in the dining room table. And she just had this cute top on and she just looked great. I mean, she looked like a 17-year-old girl, like just beautiful, thin. And I looked at them like, why don't I look anything like that? And that's my first, I think, noticing that she had this little body with these big boobs and this big lips and this cute face and this cute body. And I was like more like tomboyish and more like not really, you know, didn't really have a waist, kind of went straight down and no boobs and you know, that's my first, I think, impression. And then, you know, it started from there. And then middle school, which is a tough time for everybody. I've talked about that a lot on my podcast, actually. That's kind of middle school sort of first when we try to control things. And body image is a funny thing because we all have it and we all have negative and positive And it's just a matter of that percentage fluctuating between the negative percentage and the positive percentage. But middle school, your middle school went up to ninth grade. So tell me about at that point, after comparing yourself to your sister and feeling like you fell short, what happened in middle school? So then I, uh, you know, realized that what you eat, you know, that big thing back then was like diets and what you eat can lose weight. And so it was super easy. I basically had, um, I have like for breakfast, I had just toast, butter, lunch, I had a granola bar. I had this really weird habit of eating a piece of cheese and I'd start at three and I'd cut it into 16 little pieces and eat one every five minutes. And then I'd eat what my mother made for dinner and I lost a little weight. And I think that was 
my first starting of like that whole kind of circle. So I, you know, and it worked. I mean, I, I got, I don't know how much I, I never really was huge. I don't know how much I lost, but I must've lost something. Cause you know, somebody said something to me at school and kind of, kind of slapped me back into reality. But, um, that was it. It was no real research on, uh, fueling your body or anything like that. I was just, you know, I'll eat less and I can't eat less for mom's dinner else that's not going to fly. I have to sit down with dinner. And so I worked around that and that was it. No thought, no research, no nothing. And we didn't have the internet back then. That's important to point out because people don't think about that and realize that we had no internet. I remember my mom going to Weight Watchers meetings and really controlling her food. And so that makes sense to me that that's what you thought. You're just controlling what you were eating. Right. That was kind of the information that we got at that, at that time period. Right. So then you had a guy in high school who was very nice, was not being mean to you at all, more just caring about me, but he told you you looked too skinny. So that had to have been a huge shift. It was more, I mean, because that was the goal. I wanted to look thin. And so you would think that when people said that to me, maybe people said that to me, like, wow, Lisa, you look great, or blah, blah, blah. But the difference with him was like, hmm, you don't look so good. It was that. It was, you know, like I said, he wasn't mean. It was just instead of saying, wow, Lisa, you look great, it was, you don't look so good. And, and that's what, you know, kind of clicked it for me then. That was the first time I like dieted out of the gazillion times I've tried stuff. So then, of course, exercising. And again, we, there's a lot of parallels in our lives because I think it's a, we're the same generation, almost the same age. And I know what we were being exposed to at that point. So you're, you live in a small town outside of Buffalo. You're a teenager and you think, well, I'll exercise. So what did, what did that look like? All right. So that's, I mean, if you can imagine Buffalo uh, with uh, lake effect snow um, and uh, New Year's resolution. So everything starts New Year's Day, New Year's resolution. I put on all my layers and like back then it was just layers. It was wool or whatever it was. I looked, I just like in hindsight, I feel like I look like a Michelin man. You know, I just had so many layers on and I tried to run around the block or whatever and it was a kind of a miserable mess i don't like i don't i probably got down the street and said you know between sliding and not being able to really move my limbs i'm not getting anywhere <laughs> like it's that but i was so interested in it and that's the thing that kind of you know maybe has saved my life i don't know but i i like exercising i i wanted to figure that out so that's where it started and you weren't figuring it out by food and again, we don't have a ton of information. Yeah. So you're trying with exercising. So then tell me about joining a gym because all these things are parallels in our lives. We both yeah. went through the exact same thing. Yeah. So in New York, I didn't, you know, I don't know why. I just, I don't know. It's so hard to remember so long ago. But when I moved out, um, I did just that. I moved at like 21 and I drove down to Florida 
and you know gonna start this new life and just uh doing everything i possibly could to make my you know life better and i joined this gym and not knowing one thing what to do and i think like i said back then they didn't really tell you they said okay it's 50 dollars a month have at it you know maybe there was some people there to help me i don't know so i I kind of went and I looked around and I tried to, you know, do the things that looked obvious to me. And I, you know, saw this gal that she looked really fit and she, <laughs> she was, I kind of remember physically she looked fit and she also had like a shaved side of her head with a tattoo. So she was a hard ass, apparently. I never even like really talked to her, but I, I figured she knows what she's doing. I kind of asked her like just a general question i don't even know i was you know probably timid or whatever and she kind of just kind of poo-pooed me off i don't know even she kind of just probably walked away or said or you know whatever i'm like okay well all right and i didn't and that didn't deter me i don't know like i didn't get a bad taste about a gym i just figured it out i just kept on going whatever i did i'm still interested in it you know so I don't know. <laughs> so you eventually, you knew you liked to exercise. I remember feeling good when I did it, but feeling clueless about it, which is, I think, kind of what you felt the same way. And I remember just being on a treadmill, just thinking if I, if I just move, if I'm just moving my body, that's something. So you then moved out from Florida to Rena. Yeah. And you'd kind of figured out the gym at that point, and you joined another one. Was, was it getting better, just trial and error? Yeah. I mean, by that time, I was pretty much working, going to the gym. I was uh, pretty consistent. I worked like 9 to 6, went to the gym like 6.30 to 7.30, home by 8, you know. I uh, was pretty consistent with that. Um, I don't even remember what I, you know, I probably don't remember if I went to classes or not. I don't think I did, actually. I think I just was on the floor doing what I thought, you know, I could do. What, what was diet like at this point? Cause we fast forwarded like eight years. Yeah. What was that? Um, I, I remember at that time I had it dialed in. It wasn't, it wasn't like really a thought process, but I think, you know, because I was younger, I think it was kind of easier to keep it off. But I, I like distinctly re remember at that time I was living alone. Um, and after I'd work and work out, I'd come home, have a big bowl of pasta and maybe a bowl of ice cream. And then, you know, start my day the next day. And I, and you know, I would probably make a lunch. I don't think I went out a lot. I didn't eat super healthy, but I was pretty consistent at 120 pounds, five, five, pretty average. Never thought about it either way and just kept on exercising but i never like even then even though eating wasn't it wasn't an issue and i exercised i never really liked my body even then and okay so why what, what where did that come from is it still a comparison to other people or to what you think it you should have been or i think so i mean i don't have a womanly body i just don't i think it's more like tomboyish. I just don't have the boobs. I don't have the thin, thin waist. And, you know, I have the little belly and, and that 
that's just always how I've been. That's my body type. I just have more of a tomboyish figure than, you know, a girly girl figure. And I just, you know, I just, it didn't seem consistent, like how, you know, funny, I should even think about this now with the pictures I saw. What you were talking about, the 100% airbrush, it didn't, like my body type didn't seem consistent with all those beautiful girls in all the magazines. And even though I exercised and I was healthy and I, you know, didn't eat great, but I didn't eat horribly, I didn't like what I saw. I think we kind of always feel like we're not measuring up. Like I'm five nine and super curvy, and I look at your body and think, God, you look so athletic. And I think partially we desire what we aren't, and partially we're just. How can you measure up to a hundred percent airbrushed? It doesn't matter what your body type is like or your weight. You're never going to measure up. So right, what's that going on? And I think back then, athletic girls weren't really shown. I think back then it was all, you know, the curvy, the big boobs, the teeny tiny little waist. I don't think I did, like, they didn't show that. I mean, I, th I think athletic women now are kind of accepted and, but it was different back then, I think. It was very, well, I think there's like a body type to certain generations and we definitely had a body type in that, yeah. back in that. And we're talking like 80s at this point. Right. Um, so then you, you started dating a guy that was a triathlete. How much of a, how new and unique was that to you at that point? Um, you know, he was the guy that um, kind of showed me the mental part of it about exercising and about, you know, a, a triathlete is all about endurance. And that's what he showed me was you know, uh, you could actually ride your bike for a hundred miles. Like I never, you know, even would fathom that. Or, you know, you can climb this mountain. You can, that's what I, you know, if there's anything I loved about that relationship was that what he taught me, that the physical, um, the way you exercise is, you know, what the percentage, 78% mental, I can do it. I can do it. And then, you know, the 20, 30% is physical actually doing it. And that's what he showed me. And that, that I appreciate that, like, to this day. Absolutely. And it's true. And you were riding, like, 150 miles bike rides to raise money for MS and still going to the gym. And it, it, endurance athlete, athletes are a completely different mindset than where you and I started out is just like, well, you kind of work out to stay in shape because it's yeah. something that you, it's, you should. Right. So I totally get that. And then you met your husband who was also really active. So tell me about that. You, you guys didn't have kids right away. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but tell me about your, the athletic side. Yeah. He, um, gosh, when I met him, we both worked at the same place. And uh, he would go on his lunch period, or lunch period, he would go during lunch and he would go play basketball or whatever. And we would go to the gym together and he, you know, would show me stuff and we would work out together. And um, yeah, he was not a big cardio guy. I mean, if you look at him, you'd never think that because he's this tall drink of water. But, um, you know, he never was. He's more the basketball, golf, 
rock climbing, hiking, working out kind of guy. And uh, yeah, we did that, you know, did a lot of things before kids. Well, <laughs> that's a totally different podcast <laughs> for kids. <laughs> so you had dialed in your eating a little bit better by then. You're doing new things like rock climbing, backpacking, um, running. You're still biking. You're hiking. So you're you're much. You're taking it. You're still doing the gym, but you're taking it outside of the gym too, and that's a huge difference. Yeah. And now that, you know, thinking about it, I did all that very active, um, but I still wasn't happy with my body. Still right. wasn't happy with, you know, how it looked. You had quit soda and fast food and you were implementing healthier things into your diet at this point too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I always, you know, by then you're reading stuff and and internet yeah, <laughs> internet and and you know i'd get all read all the articles and and i kind of took what they said to heart you know drink more water i drank more water don't drink soda i quit that that was easy you know all this stuff i just and like granola everybody said eat granola i was like start eating granola <laughs> uh you know and and i just i gained a lot of you know pretty good habits I think, you know, just by just reading and doing it. So what, what do you think the body, do you think the body image issues were basically because what you saw in the media and online was not what you saw in the mirror? Yes. I, yes, because absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt, because even, I don't even think I might've even said this, but my husband bought my Weight Watchers uh, first time I went to Weight Watchers, it was like my Mother's Day present or, you know, whatever it was a gift to me. So, I mean, even after we're married and he loves me for who I am and we're exercising a ton and we're staying active and, um, got my, you know, eating dialed in, I, I he knew I still wasn't happy. And I look at you and think you have such a compact, powerful, athletic body that's beautiful. It's so interesting how we perceive ourselves compared to how other people perceive us. So you are then trying to get pregnant and you guys tried for about four years and then you started infertility. Right. Which for anyone who's gone through infertility like myself, I did everything up to IVF. You actually did IVF. Sure. And and you were blessed to get pregnant the first go around because that's a really, really, so you're going through this, it's physical and emotional to go through infertility. Right. So you yeah. get pregnant and what did you find out when you were pregnant? Oh, I don't know. What did I find out? I forgot. How many babies were there? Oh, there were two. Oh, oh yeah. Uh -huh. I had twins. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> actually, that's funny. I actually, um, you know, the first ultrasound, there was actually like, like a possible third one. But yes. But it was, I mean, really, they were like, well, these two look really viable. And then there's this little one that, and then, you know, by the next ultrasound, it had like sloughed off. But yes, F. Absolutely, I got twins. <laughs> <laughs> no little, no little deal. And again, physical issues with just ha being pregnant with twins. Period. So you gained a normal twenty-six pounds the first six months, and then you went into the hospital at week twenty-seven. 
and then you had the and you were there until 34 and a half weeks which is i mean and especially the boys are 17 now correct almost 16 oh, and a half okay yeah. so this is back a little ways when things were not as advanced as they're advancing very rapidly and so hitting 34 and a half weeks with twins was awesome right right but you were on bed rest for like 10 weeks <laughs> so yeah about two months yeah yeah so and then then of course the, there's the next year the first year of having twins the first year of having a baby is kind of a blur but twins is definitely your your breastfeeding i remember you said i ate when i could <laughs> yeah so tell me yeah. about your health kind of physically that first year um gosh let me think yeah i i remember like like in the hospital, I ate just whatever was brought to me. I never like thought about like asking, you know, somebody to bring outside food or anything like so never an issue there. And then after the kids were born, absolutely. Especially, you know, like they say, twins, you're just you're just in survival mode and I don't even remember even thinking about it. It was just eat when you can and that whole thing. I mean, and I breastfed, you know six to nine months just depending on the kid <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so it just was never an issue just i don't even remember anything about that part of my my life well and having a baby and that changes your body physically but also it changes how your body functions i don't know th things are never this quite the same after you've gone through a pregnancy that's not a, necessarily to say that they're not a good thing. They're just, it's just different. Things are right. different after that. Yeah. You were still going to the gym though, running sometimes. Yeah, I was pretty active still, you know, same thing. Um, uh, and, but I did notice that once I stopped breastfeeding, then I started putting on weight a little bit. And so that's when, you know, I come hype, you know, become hyper sensitive of it all over again and, you know, starting to deal with it. But, you know, up until then, up until I quit breastfeeding, just wasn't an issue. Just, you know, I was doing my thing and, and probably didn't exercise as much, but running around with the kids and carrying the two, uh, you know, car seats, it was enough. It was what I could do. And then, and then you met Sandy. So tell me about Sandy. Sandy is still a very good friend of mine. She uh, lived down the street and her and her husband, she's an ultra marathoner. Her husband was an ultra triathlete and uh, they have two kids. One is a little bit older than the boys. One's a little bit younger. And so I actually, she's like, works like a crazy and her husband wasn't working as much. So I actually met her husband first at the park. He had his two little boys, I had mine, and we kind of hit it off. And, uh, you know, and then I started, you know, then I met his wife and all that kind of stuff. And she, like I said, was a ultra, ultra marathoner. And she kind of got me into the early morning running. That's when I started. Those are some, we still do that. That's one right. of my favorite. Right. It, it was 5.30 versus 5.20, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then you met uh, a mutual friend of ours named Jody. So you're still, wait, I want to back up. When did you get into personal training? After I did the fitness competition. I didn't train anybody until after. 
I always lifted weights a little bit and then I would run it. You know, like I was pretty active just all around. I just, I didn't really stick to one thing. I just kind of did everything. So. And what made you decide to do a fitness competition? From our, our mutual friend, Jody, and uh, on the running team as well. Um, and I just saw like, just, you know, we'd walk in there with shorts and a t-shirt and we'd do our thing. And she has an athletic body as well. She, maybe she's got better boobs than me, but basically <laughs> she's got an athletic body. But, and I just kind of noticed that um, I saw, you know, I saw her every week running and then I saw pictures of her doing this fitness competition. I'm like, holy crap, if she can make her body do that, I, I feel like we have the, have the same kind of body. I feel like I could do it. If she could do it, I could do it. I just saw you know before that i think those i always thought those women those fitness competition women just basically look like that and they're just showcasing it like they were born like that i really kind of thought it was totally not attainable for me and then i saw jody and i was i was like oh i might be able to pull this off that's where that started that's awesome so you did your first competition and did you train yourself? How did you train the first time? Do you train with Jody? Yeah, no, I just kind of, you know, told her I was interested and, and, you know, what do I do? Give me fitness 101. And she said, well, you know, right then she's like, first things first is your nutrition. And so she said, we have a nutrition coach or I have a nutrition coach and, and this is her name. And, um, and basically it's, it's, you know, eating healthfully and and clean eating and all that and it's lifting heavy and and that's what worked just no cardio lifting heavy clean eating down to the calories macros uh and it became a science and that interests me as well like you can actually you know i've always thought you know what you put in your body you can actually mold your body and that's interesting to me so it, it just all fell together like a puzzle perfectly. And then you, you did the, the fitness competition and you became a fitness coach. Yeah. So after I did it, I was kind of in between jobs and, and I, uh, you know, basically said, I'm, I'm just done with getting a job at the next people who hire, you know, say yes to me. I'm really going to zone in to what I'm interested in. And I've, been interested in fitness and nutrition since I was 17. And so I pursued it. And so I, you know, I got uh, certified as a, not only a fitness, uh, you know, coach, but also in fitness nutrition, ironically. And uh, yeah, I, you know, did that. Why was it ironic? Tell me uh, about what's going on with you. Well, I, Gosh, how can I? So I did this. I did the eating for this fitness competition, and like I said, it's it's uh, broken down to the macros, the carbs, the protein, the fat. I did it no problem, and then I did the competition, and um, I tried to stay within that program, but also not be so vigilant with it, and I ended up. Uh, 
and I was writing down notes when you were talking about the anorexia and stuff, and I ended up kind of binge eating because for whatever reason or not, I, I feel like since those days when I was breaking up that piece of cheese into 16 pieces, I've all, always had some kind of eating disorder, and it, it, it kind of morphed itself into this binge eating where um, it never was like the whole pizza pie but it was, I can't control it. And not only I can't control it, I can't stop, but my stomach physically hurts and I don't feel satiated. And so that's where my, that's, that was what my binge eating looked like. And, you know, and so I'm this supposedly fitness nutrition coach with, a, with an eating disorder. It doesn't add up. And so I'm dealing with that. I think it does add up. I think a lot of us do what we're passionate about because it was our struggle. And so, like you said, back to when you were this kid in grade school or junior high school where you're cutting your piece of cheese up into 16 pieces, it probably started way back then comparing yourself to your sister. But your struggle is also what you want to help people with. And we've talked about this a little bit running. If every therapist had their shit together <laughs> before they did a therapy session, we would have no therapist, you know? Right. <laughs> so, I, I mean, in my mind, you're a better fitness and nutrition coach because you get it. You get where people are coming from. So the fact that you have the battle uh, with your weight and body image and binging, I think makes you a stronger better more empathetic compassionate coach so i i think it's awesome that you you love helping other people with something that you struggle with because and you can help them more because you get them you get what someone else is going through yeah so you've you've also done other programs the it's there's one called beating binge eating you're one of the people that recognized that you had an issue and reached out to get help yeah yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I really, when I was doing it, I was, you know, I was like, what is going on here? And I'm, I am so weak and blah, 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 blah. And then I saw um, commercials on TV. That's like my first thing was like, I actually saw, and she's a, she's an actress or she's uh, uh, some kind of sports person. I can't remember who it was, but she was on TV and she was talking about her binge eating. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's like, it's a thing. It's a thing that's actually more than just me dealing with it behind closed doors. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm mid fifties now. It's, it's, it's time to, you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. I've never been ashamed. You know, like I've gone to therapists all my life. I'm, I'm not, I had IVF. I'm not ashamed of anything that I'm going through. So I was, just all four, just let's go figure this out. It's interesting that it's able to be figured out, I guess, is how I thought of it. I didn't realize that eating disorders are considered a mental illness. I wouldn't have put them in that category, but it, that makes them treatable also. Right. And you're right. I mean, this is a subject that is, it affects so many people, especially women, but we aren't talking about it. And it's so sad because it's affecting so many of us. 
So you you started doing this program, and how how has that been helpful? Um, it's an amazing. It's a good program. Um, I haven't um, delved into it a hundred percent like I should, which is you know going through the modules and this and that. But but just um, going through what I did go through in terms of listening to the coach and uh, belonging to the Facebook page and reading the, you know, basically uh, Jane Smith will say, this is my struggle today. And it'll be this whole big long paragraph. And then there'd be four, five, six, seven people chiming in. Um, oh, I had the same thing happen to me. And this is how I did it. And I understand your struggle. And just, just reading through it has kind of cleared my brain and it, it, it and um, showed me the signs to look for to try to not let it get to that point. So it's still a totally a work in progress, but I must say that since I started, you know, since I joined that beating binge eating, which has been almost a year, I, I think I've been, I can't even remember the last time I, binged like totally binged belly hurting you know probably like four or five months and and it's even more of uh it's not an all or nothing thing so it's not like i'm either 100 percent perfect or i'm binging it's it's your brain saying ah, i had a little bit too much i didn't binge it's okay you know just just move on and make better choices. And it's a whole kind of brain. It's like kind of what you're going through in your brain to help you out to get through it. So now that the media shows, well, the internet inundates us and a lot of that isn't positive and it's a hundred percent airbrushed, but it's also a lot more, there's a lot more um, people being outspoken about body types. So where you're super athletic and I'm super curvy, it doesn't really matter. Do you feel better about your body as far as just that? Yeah, I do. Cause I, I do see, um, I get a lot of, you know, compliments on my arms. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's uh, genetic, but you know, I do see that people notice that athletic bodies are okay. And I know a lot of people with athletic bodies who are amazing. And it's, it's, I guess I'm learning that it really matters if you're healthy and strong and confident, you know, all those things versus how big your boobs are, how big your muscles are, how tiny your waist is. It, it's turning for me from what I see on the outside to what, you know, what's happening on the inside. And so I'm, you know, kind of looking at people in terms of the person that they are rather than, you know, so what they look like this. So what I look like this. So what, you know, and does that come with age? Maybe <laughs> like, I don't give a, you know, I don't give a crap kind of thing, but you know. So what would you tell your younger self or a teenage girl who's going through the same struggles? What, what advice would you give now looking back? Oh my gosh. I wish I, I wish I, I, I was going to say, I wish I had a girl. I'm glad I didn't. But I think I would just say, uh, stay true to yourself and um, just eat healthfully and, you know, 
keep yourself strong, um, you know, but, but don't compare yourself to other people. Um, compare yourself to how you want, you know, just how you want to people to see you from, you know, your personality and that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's, we're, we're so hung up on the exterior and you and I have talked like, I want to drop eight pounds and 4% body fat, one or the other, you know, and nobody looks at me and says, Jen, I noticed you put on eight pounds. You know, I mean, like nobody notices. I am. I know. It's, I know. It's crazy. Same thing. I just, I just went back East for uh, a couple weeks and you know, people, people are like, Oh, you look great. And all I can think of is, Oh, you should have seen me two years ago. You think this looks great. You should have seen me back then. <laughs> and yeah, but you know, they, they don't notice, like they saw the pictures back then. They don't see a difference. That's right. the thing. They don't see a difference. They saw the pictures back then. And I'm the only one who notices it. Just like you, you know, you're the only one who notices the, the stupid eight pounds and the stupid, you know. And until it hits 20 or 25 pounds, nobody's going to notice. So I think the advice I would give is that nobody cares about you as much as you care about you. And that's a very great thing and a very awful thing because we think that everyone notices and they don't. And that's wonderful. That's because they're worrying about themselves. That's right. That's how it should be. Right. Right. And so I think if I had to give advice, it would be like, you're way more hung up than anybody else is because no one else cares that much. And, but yeah, we do really, I mean, we do really care about each other. Just not about your eight pounds. That's right. not at all what comes up in conversation. So, what about um, looking different than you think the media sees you? Because all of us look different than the media. Right. Um, yeah, just coming to terms with that. And just, I, I mean, I think media is really trying to embrace, you know, exactly what we're talking about, that there's all different, uh, you know, body types. There's a, there's a gal out there who does yoga, and I don't remember her name. But she's on, um, I've seen her on ads and I've seen her in the papers and she is clearly obese and, but she's this mega, like she really can do yoga. And so there's, I think, I think media is starting to figure it out and they're starting to show all sides of every athlete or, you know, every person every you know buddy who's concerned with that they're showing the the bigger gal and they're showing uh you know the the strong one and the tall one and the you know short one i think i think they're they're figuring it out i mean i you know i don't know maybe they're still i'm sure they're still airbrushing and i'm sh still you know sure they're doing that but i do see more than way back when they would never show that gal the yoga girl, they would never, you know, she would never be given the, you know, second thought and now they're doing it. So I think it's a step in the right direction at least. I agree. And I just think we kind of need to, I have seven girls that are 15 to 25 and we're all pretty much the same size, but we are all different heights and body types. So when we get like when I, if I have a friend that gives us a hand-me-downs clothes, we have this thing where we all come into my bedroom and we all get down to our underwear and we all rotate trying things on because being the same size doesn't mean anything. And we figure out whose body type looks better in that shirt. And it's a great example 
of how we can all we can all be this about the same size and look completely different. So it's not even about the weight you're at or the size you're at. It's we're just so dynamically different that you just just dress for who you are and be yourself. And you can't I can't be five five and athletic any more than you can be five nine and curvy. So right. <laughs> we get over ourselves. <laughs> That's funny. That's true. It's we we can't change that part. So hopefully, body image will slowly get better, and eating disorders people will be more outspoken about because the more support we have, the better off we can be. And right. I am so proud of you as my friend for taking something that you've struggled with and reaching out to help other people. So thank you for that. Yeah. You know, it's helping me too. even just kind of uh, verbalizing, you know, what I'm saying, I, you know, is helping me. It's like, hello, accept yourself for who you are, please. You know, see, we all need those reminders and, and uh, yeah, I think it, I think it helps everybody, me included. Well, it's not a destination. It's all a journey, this life. So we're, we're not going to get there and be like, I did it. I'm done now. <laughs> Constantly evolving. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for being unafraid to share your story. I really appreciate that. Yeah, good. I'm, I, I'm glad I didn't. I hope you didn't bore anybody too much. <laughs> they can turn us off, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> all good. Thank you so much for listening in to Jen Taylor Rerouting. Like, share, and of course, comment. I welcome input with attitude. Get a copy of my book on Amazon, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.